Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it, let's do it, let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, and I'm your host, John June. Of course, got my guy, Greg Penniman. Greg what is good man what is going on looking forward to this week three um yeah you know i'm just had had a good week you know seven out of my seven fantasy teams went four and three Uh, i like that week anytime it's positive uh positive one percentage you'll take that so yeah got it finally got a win in the league of extraordinary people so yeah we we moving forward we we getting better down the line yeah, man, I'm not even I, I don't even want to do the record thing. And I've got like 30 different. <laughs> yeah, leagues, you can't even keep track of that. Yeah. The ones that I the ones that are the most important to me, though, uh, definitely got to win. And all of those, except for my, my one league with all, uh, my, all my my college friends, you know, that's the one that's the one for the bragging rights. But the League of Extraordinary People. You yeah, in third place. Yo, 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 we're two and oh, third place. Looking good, yo. Yeah, man, it's looking good. I haven't traded away my entire roster. Uh, no, so no, holding, holding the fort. Just, I haven't made up. a trade yet. So, yeah. you know. so maybe it's a recipe for success, you know? <laughs> maybe, maybe, right? Just, John, just draft your amazing team and just hold all those players. So um, let's get into some news, man, because obviously we're talking Thursday Night Football. We're going to talk streams of the week. Um, but we want to definitely jump into some news here. Um, Antonio Brown, wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he's tested positive for COVID. He is a, a um, he's a vaccinated player, so he must return two negative tests 24 hours apart before being allowed to return. So um, it's definitely possible that he's out more than just a week if his case is serious. But with four days until kickoff, not likely that he is available this week. Greg, what are the ramifications across the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense? Um, for offense as a whole, I think they'll still be able to flow and do what they have to do. I mean, they they'll probably get this the toughest matchup probably defensively of the year facing the Rams, but um, they, I think they'll still be able to move the ball uh, down the field. AB was just a piece in the puzzle that helped them, made it a plus. But I think it definitely bumps up Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to what it was, you know, before AB. They were both. Wide receiver two high end twos with wide receiver one upside, both of them. So consider them having a bump. Uh, and other than that, yeah, I think that's really what impacts them the most. Uh, offensively, though, they shouldn't miss a beat. Yeah, I, I'm not as afraid of this this matchup here with the Rams. I mean, they, they gave up 24 points to the Colts last week and Carson Wentz. And uh, Michael Pittman had his day last week, too, playing against this defense. And so I'm not. That I'm not nervous about it, but like you said, these guys get a bump here. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, with Antonio Brown not siphoning some of these targets. You know, I think that you know that 20% target share has to go somewhere. It doesn't just disappear into thin air, right? Right. right. Um, those targets have to go somewhere. So you know, those guys definitely get a bump. Uh, maybe a bigger Tyler, bump for Gronk as well too. Bigger bump, bigger bump for Gronk. Uh, Tyler Johnson probably gets a little. He's probably the guy that will take the place of Antonio Brown in the starting lineup or in the in three receiver sets, um, or it could be Scotty Miller. Honestly, who knows who it will be. Um, but in terms of some other injuries here, um, 
Dalvin Cook, he was a DMP on Wednesday with an ankle injury. Uh, head coach Mike Zimmer doesn't seem worried, but again, we've seen this happen. You know, they they could rule him out late. Um, you know, later this week potentially. Even you know if they feel that it's um, you know, it's a long season, right? The you know the you know the the Minnesota Vikings. There's still 15 games left with the 17th game 17th game added. And so you want to protect Dalvin Cook, who's probably your most important offensive player at this moment in time. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them sit him out. I think you should have some contingency plans in place. You know, I like to think if I've got a, a star guy who's injured, I like to just assume that he's not going to play and just make all my contingency plans around that. And if he does play, that's just a, that's just a plus for me. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Um, you know, Alexander Madison has been, you know, the, his backup for a, a while now. Um, sometimes he'll come through, sometimes he wasn't. But definitely the, the Dalvin Cook manager should at least have him on the roster if he's seen this news. Yeah, I was actually saying the other day uh, to somebody, how funny is it the amount of draft capital that's been wasted on Alexander Madison over yeah. the last few years? Yeah. People drafting him high in fantasy leagues for yep. those one or two games where he potentially starts and then he either came through, I think once or twice, I think he's only really come through like in game when Matt, like when Dalvin cook goes down and he comes through in that game. Right. (laughs) But never like when it's all hyped up for him to start, get all these touches. Nah, he doesn't. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, look, uh, you know, the, the, the matchup is, uh, who do they even play this week? Uh, Of course, it doesn't tell me here. I have it here somewhere, people. Just bear with me. Seattle. I knew it. It was right there. Uh, and Seattle is a good matchup for running back. So I, I would not be afraid to play Alexander Madison. Uh, just don't be don't don't have too high expectations. Yeah, that low end RB2 top 30 play, you know. Nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Hopkins did not practice with a rib injury. Um, I I don't know how much I'm really concerned here. Uh, could just be rest. I would monitor this as the week progresses here. Greg, what say you? Yeah, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is – Built through injuries a lot. He's he's uh, played through a lot of injuries in his career. Um, I've seen him practice Wednesday, not Wednesday, Thursday or Friday, and still play for game time. So I uh, just monitored it, but I'm not too worried about D Hub. Yeah. Um, all right, Greg. Let's move on, man, to our streams of the week. It is Wednesday here as we record this, 7 p.m., 7:20 p.m. and um, Obviously, our streams of the week ahead of Thursday Night Football. Greg, who's your quarterback stream of the week this week? You already know, man. Uh, it's got to be not Daniel Dimes, but Daniel Jones. Uh, so for the New York Giants, he's coming in, you know, with his 122 rushing yards through two games. That's a really good two rushing touchdowns already through two games. That rushing floor is very strong right now. Uh, that's something we always knew that would be there. But now that he's also... Getting some offense through, uh, through the air. Um, the matchup is just too juicy against Atlanta. Uh, 
Tampa Bay just ran all over them. Uh, the Eagles were able to run all over them with also a, a kind of a running style quarterback. So uh, this spot is set up for nicely for the Giants offense as a whole um, with Dane Jones, at quarterback. Nah, man, I like that, man. Uh, you know, that was definitely felt like it was going to be the move for me. Uh, but, you know, I figured I'll go with a former New York quarterback. And since this, the Dimes moniker is up available, maybe we can go Sammy Dimes. Uh, I'm going Sam Darnold here. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Rostered in 20% of Yahoo leagues. Going up against the Carolina Panthers, who play on Thursday Night Football. Uh, they have their highest implied team total of the year, the, the Panthers do. Darnold uh, goes up against the Carolina defense, who've given up at least 17 and a half fantasy points to quarterbacks thus far. Darnold has no less than 18.9 through two weeks. You could stream my man Sammy Dimes with confidence this week. Definitely like the Sam Darnold pick right there. You know, they are playing. <laughs> Carolina's got going to have to lock it in for that win. So he's going to be part of that, uh, getting DJ Moore involved. You, you love that DJ Moore wide receiver one season happening. It's crazy, man. It was crazy, like, yo. it's almost crazy. just like, uh, you know, almost like a month ago, we had a what could go right, what could go wrong show. And yours truly picked DJ Moore for what yep. could go right. Getting Look targeted, peppered by Sam Darnold. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I just know Sam, Sam all too well. Who knows? Yeah, facts. Greg, your tight end stream of the week, man. What do you got? For that, I mean, it's just, you know. Going with the Giants player again, Evan Ingram, scheduled to also come back this week. So I think he's, uh, you know, could be a popular pickup. 35% roster going against the Atlanta defense, who's already given up multiple touchdowns to the tight end position uh, through the first two weeks. Uh, it's a good matchup here. Um, I think to set it up for Dame Jones in this offense, that it's going to get a lot of yardages. And Evan Ingram's always been a, a favorable target for Dame Jones. Uh, I think that doesn't stop here. He at least gets five or six. No, man, I absolutely love that. And I don't know how I did not mention this into the, in the news portion because it totally ties into <laughs> my stream of the week here at tight end. But Justin Fields, how did I not start off oh, with this? Oh, man. Leading like news. Yes. Justin Fields <laughs> is it's starting here. for the Chicago Bears this week, going up against Cleveland. Andy Dalton will not start. Uh, he, he's injured with a knee. I'm sorry, man. Get better. Uh, but Justin Fields, man, it's time. And the time, time is now. Uh, hopefully Matt Nagy doesn't pull a – who's that guy? Anthony Lynn. And and despite what you see with your eyes, you just just stay with our man here in Justin Fields. But Justin Fields being the, the starting quarterback – think that only helps Cole Komet here. Uh, the, the Cleveland Browns give up the 12th most PPR points to the tight end position. Justin Fields, again, entering as a starter, he targeted the tight end position relentlessly back at Ohio State. Loves to target the middle of the field. That's where Cole Komet operates. Uh, I think that Cole Komet will be involved here in Justin Fields' first start uh, in week three. Yeah, you got to love it. Excited for Justin Fields. You know, two weeks. I think that was pretty, you know, kind of a nice prediction. You know, we have week four, but uh, we love it half the time. Um, I said halftime of week one, so I was half time already, we, Oh, okay, okay. If you're we're, already if we're, doing, if we're doing Price is Right rules, I was done. Oh, uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for the offense. excited for Donna Mooney and Cole Clement's a great pick, too. Greg, your defensive stream of the week. 
I'm going to go with uh, a team that's, you know, getting a little favorable pass uh, rush here. I'm going with the Las Vegas Raiders going against the Miami Dolphins. They're only 31% rostered, and Tua is injured. Um, so they're going to have to be you know, backup quarterback at with Miami. It's going to have to, you know, opportunities for the Raiders to get some sacks, get some opportunities, get some interceptions. Uh, wreak havoc, definitely, against this team. Only question I have for you, Greg, is would you have picked them if Tua was playing? I still would have picked them, yes, because it still would have been a, it still would have been a low scoring game. It still would have been opportunities to get interceptions. Uh, they wouldn't have got Raiders. That wouldn't have got killed. And for a team that you're trying to stream, you you're looking for that. Yeah, I mean the Raiders are seventh in havoc rate, so that's a really good number. They're creating a lot of havoc, forcing a lot of interceptions, sacks, fumbles, TFLs. That's good stuff there. Um, you know, honestly, I wish Tua was playing because I don't want Tua to hurt to be hurt because I want to be proven right that he's not right. as good as everyone thinks he is. Right. But I want him to play to prove prove that to me. Anyway, going with uh, recycling. Jacoby Brissett, by the way, backup quarterback for Miami. Yes, Jacoby Brissett yeah, is yeah, yeah. the backup quarterback for Miami and will be starting. Um, if you saw him last week, it wasn't good against Buffalo. But Buffalo's defense is much better than it was last year, though. So. Definitely something to watch. But my defense stream of the week, I'm going back to the well from last week, which it didn't really come through because they got roasted by Minnesota. But I'm talking about Arizona here. Rostered in 50% of Yahoo leagues. Get this Jacksonville defense or Jacksonville offense who've been awful. Yeah. Absolutely awful. They don't Um, look like an NFL team right now. I don't even know what they are. They look (laughs) like a college team being coached by a college coach uh, in Earth Fire. So, um yeah, they're still fourth in the NFL and havoc rate at 35%. I'm I'm all for uh, starting the Arizona Cardinals again this week. Yeah, it's always great to go back to well. If they don't go come through the first time when you wanted to do them, I think every time you hit back on the well, it always comes through. So uh, that second try is like like gold in fantasy. <laughs> Only question though, Greg, is would you go Arizona or Carolina? Because Carolina goes up against Houston. Um, yeah, I would probably go, actually, I'm not sure. I mean, uh, I think I still will go with Arizona because, you know, I feel like Thursday Night Football is weird. Davis Mills might just come in and just light it up. I don't know. You just never know. (laughs) Um, but yeah, he he did all right in his, uh, in reserve actually last week. Yeah, he was okay. Yeah, he's okay. He was, you know what you about what yeah. you would expect from a you know a third round pick that was coming into the game with right you know under the the circumstances with the starter getting hurt. But right, you know what you talked about Thursday night football. We've talked about Thursday night football. Let's just get into the game, man. Yes, sir. Thursday night football, eight twenty p.m. You've got the two and O. Sam Darnold's never been two and O in his life. Must be three and O. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> uh. Carolina Panthers, well, I should say NFL life. I don't know I don't know how far back it goes. But 2-0 Carolina Panthers traveling to Houston to take on the 1-1 Houston Texans. 43.5 point total. Those Carolina Panthers are 7.5 point favorites. In terms of the weather, there's no concerns because Houston's a dome. Houston plays in a dome, so no, no worries there. Everybody, every NFL team, just do yourself a favor. Get a dome. 
you'll 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 know you'll be happy for it. Don't have to deal with weather. Um, in terms of injuries, Carolina offensive guard offensive guard Pat Elfline dealing with a hamstring injury. He's he's on IR. Defensive end Yuturgaros Matos. He's out with an ankle injury. For Houston wide receiver Danny Amendola, he will miss this game with a thigh. Terrence Mitchell, cornerback for the Houston Texans, will miss this game with a concussion. The Texans also have some players questionable on the defensive side of the ball. Greg, where are you going with this matchup, man? I'm going to take the over. Uh, I'm going to take Carolina to cover and Carolina to win. Um, Yeah, on Houston's side, we just kind of alluded to Davis Mills. I've definitely seen some wild things in Thursday Night Football, but definitely not going to take that leap of faith in playing him in, in any format. Um, unless you were, I guess, the Tyrod uh, manager and you are two, in two quarterback leagues, you might have to sub him in. So desperation, uh, that's your play. Brandon Cooks, though, again, is the only one I trust in this offense, the only one I trust to play on this team. He's got 21 targets through the first two weeks, been absolutely, absolutely monster. Um, and they'll probably be down, so he's going to have to force the ball, continue to force the ball down the field, and Brandon Cooks is their best option. Um, one of the running backs could score. Uh, that's kind of what is going on. I don't really trust anyone, um, but should be a pass-heavy game again with Houston, but be behind. On Carolina side, Sam Darnold, again, yep, stream of the week uh, territory right there. CMC, of course, a top two option, workhorse option. DJ Moore, wide receiver one season, uh, is here. Averaging 9.5 targets a game through the first two weeks. Um, yeah, it's kind of Robbie Anderson's going back to probably what we expected last year uh, as being that boomer bust wide receiver three. So that's kind of where he is for me. Um, and yeah, um, I think if you need that expression tied in, Dan Arnold might be an option as well. Yeah, man, I, I'm going to take the under here. going to take Carolina to cover, taking Carolina to win this game. Uh yeah, it could get ugly, man. Uh, so yeah. for the Carolina side, I'm going to take the usual suspects. Give me CMC as as potentially the RB1 on the week. Give me uh, DJ Moore as that. I think, yo, we're back to DJ yes, Moore sir. being yes, a sir. safe, steady, wide receiver two with that wide receiver one upside. Like, that's yes, sir. we're back, and it feels great. So Sam Darnold, my stream of the, stream of the week here, I think you can – uh, definitely play Robbie in a pinch because of the matchup. But like you said, the targets are not there. They're not no. what they were last year. It's almost back like you just took Robbie Anderson on the Jets and you put him in a Carolina jersey. Yep. But that also means that around week five, six. That's <laughs> when it starts saying? warming up. This <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but, yeah, there's it's weird because there's, you know, Ricky Terrace Marshall is not involved either. No, no, he's not. Um, it's really just DJ Moore and CMC. Christian McCaffrey. That's it. So I mean, CMC seeing like nine targets a game. Hey, that's a nice one wide receiver one and two combo right there. If you ask me. The one thing I do notice about Carolina is though is you know Carolina is that they get up big and then they just shut it down, right? Like right. Sam Darnold each of the last two weeks has thrown for over 200 yards at halftime, but he's finished the game. You know, week one finished with 279, week two finished with just over 300. Right. So. He's on pace for like 400 yards by the time the game starts, but the opponents for Carolina haven't been playing well. So we haven't even seen this offense like really have to to really play four quarters of competitive football. So it'll be interesting to see what, what happens when that does happen. But, um, yeah, on the Houston side, 
Oh, I'm with you on with Dan Arnold, by the way. I think you could play him. You could definitely play him in a pinch. Um, on the Houston side, I'm not playing anyone who's not named Brandon Cooks, who yep. might see a million targets in this game. Yep, a million targets. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Greg, you got a bold prediction for the people. It was that Dan Arnold scores a touchdown. Yeah, that's that's definitely what it was. Oh, why why are you speaking about it in past tense? Like, do you not want to pick it anymore? Or? No, 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 no. It definitely is Dan on the score. Dan <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're I was still, my mindset was, like, still on Brandon Cooks, how, like, you know, the sleeper. We could pick him as, you know, a sleeper of a wide receiver, and he's just killing. Oh, no, absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, CMC scores three. Three. Yeah, I like that. After seeing... What Aaron Jones did last night, I mean, on Monday night, yeah, that would uh, see it would be one of those games, primetime, CMC shows out, like it. Yeah, man, totally. Um, So, Greg, we didn't we didn't plan for this. I mean, this game was so easy to get into. So, you know, let's just jump into a, a buy low, sell high segment. We'll just talk some guys and, and maybe uh, what you might be doing with them on the season and let's start with um you know let's you know we'll categorize them as a buy a sell or a hold so okay Okay. um let's start with josh allen quarterback of the buffalo bills he is not finished in the top 12 yet through two weeks matchups against pittsburgh and miami um, if you drafted him, you were definitely anticip- you were drafting him as a top three, top four quarterback option. Um, managers are probably angry. Mm-hmm. So what are you telling, what are you advising managers to do in this case if they have Josh Allen? I think if I'm a manager of Josh Allen, I'm on in hold mode. Uh, if I'm not the Josh Allen manager, I think I'd be, I'd be buying. I, I'm still a, a believer in Josh Allen. Uh, I think he is going to have success very soon and continuing down the season. Um, this offense is, is going to gonna click. They're going to have easier matchups. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, they play Washington this week. The Giants lit them up. So that just shows you right there that they're exposable. If you could just – with a quarterback that's mobile, and that's Josh Allen, that will kind of help that offense move and hopefully get some touchdowns. Yeah, I mean he's the quarterback nineteen right now through two weeks. Definitely not what you wanted when you when you drafted no, him. No, definitely um, not. But I think that the you know the rushing. I think okay again we I say this all the time, but context matters, right? And if I told you before the season that Josh Allen was going to have a bad game against Pittsburgh, you probably would have said okay, I I could see that coming. But you know again, it's not even like you know Derek Carr lit up Pittsburgh last week, but Pittsburgh was banged up last week. You know T.J. Watt got hurt. During the game, Devin Bush missed the game. He was out. So, like, yeah, once those linebackers get hurt, that's when, yeah, that that Pittsburgh defense falls apart, right? So, you know, he was able to, um, you know, he saw the the healthy Pittsburgh defense in week one. And then week two, Miami was just so bad after Tua went out that there was no reason to keep the, the foot on the gas pedal there for for Buffalo and Josh Allen. So yeah. I think it will get better here. I, I definitely am in uh in, uh, definitely a, a believer in that. Um let's talk about the running back position and there's a guy on here, uh Jonathan Taylor. Mm. Uh 
through two weeks, he's the RB24. Uh, had a, a nice week one, uh, but was not as good in week two. Uh, in week one, he had, sorry, I'm pulling it up. In week one, he had 17.6 PPR points. In week two, he had 6.3. Uh, what's going on with Jonathan Taylor in, in your mind? Uh, is he a buy, a sell, or a hold? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, the coaches just haven't been as good as we thought they would be. Um, definitely disappointing. Um, Jacob Eason's back there now. So I think it might be favorable to to run the ball a little more, to you know give it to Jonathan Taylor more. Um, so I, I do think he is also – I think he's more of a hold, honestly. I think I wouldn't be looking to buy JT, uh, but – if I had him, if I was a manager, I'd be holding him, see what he happens. I think he can be a lot more with, with Jacob Eason uh, getting more carries. Yeah, he's only averaging, you know, three, 3.3 yards per carry right now uh, through two yeah. weeks. Um, I'm actually I'm actually buying Jonathan Taylor um, just because if you look at the usage is still there. I mean, he saw 20. 22 opportunities in week one um, yeah, 16 week two yeah 16 in week two so i mean i'm still i like the usage there for jonathan taylor i think that'll continue uh and this guy is just so he's so big he's so fast he's so strong you know it's almost like the derrick henry effect he's like derrick henry light you know and and you can get him in a matchup here ahead of you know playing tennessee potentially uh, where you could, you know, use this window to buy low on Jonathan Taylor. Um, let's yeah, talk. I guess, I guess it's more oh, of, of the Colts being not as good. So they're going to have scoring opportunities a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's true. It depends, right? Carson Wentz, if he can stay healthy, if he can't stay healthy and he's not involved in this offense um, or he's not, you know, playing in this offense, does that, con- you know, how does that reverberate across? the Colts. And if that offense isn't scoring points, then that could be tough. Um, I definitely am a believer in Frank Reich. I, you know, he's shown to, to be able to uh, manage backup quarterbacks before, uh, even when they had Jacoby Brissett, uh, Marlon Mack is still usable and, and whatnot. And I think that Jacob Eason has shown, you know, in the, the spots that he's been in, he's shown that he's at least somewhat competent. And I think that uh, that definitely stands uh you know that definitely adds some value but let's talk Ezekiel Elliott he's the running back 26 through two weeks um obviously Tony Pollard he has been involved um people are concerned about his usage versus Ezekiel Elliott's he's actually Tony Pollard has actually outscored Ezekiel Elliott on the season Tony Pollard is running back 12 while Ezekiel Elliott is the running back 26 um what are you doing with Zeke? I'm with buying Zeke. I don't see him not at the end of the year not having, you know, a thousand yards. I think he still gets his numbers uh when it's all said and done. Um so I'm 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 with buying Zeke. I think just this offense is just too good and they'll be in a lot of opportunities where both these guys can eat and I think Zeke would still be the premier back in this offense. No, I'm with that, too. I think Zeke is going to continue to eat. I think, you know, this offense, they run enough plays where 
Yeah. Both running backs can be utilized. They can they right. can coexist. And, and I think that we'll see Tony Pollard involved as a receiver. I think Zeke is still involved as a receiver too. And those touchdowns are always going to be there for Zeke as well. As long as, yep. you know, Dak Prescott is healthy and this offense stays good, the, the probability of him scoring a touchdown will always be there. So I'm definitely with that. Um, last running back here that I'll bring up, Devin Singletary. He's the running back 17 right now. Uh, he's has a 68% running back opportunity share through two weeks. Um, Zach Moss was healthy for the first time last week, or not healthy, but he was active for the first time through two weeks last week, but he still saw the bulk of the work Devin Singletary did. What are you doing with Devin Singletary? I've always been, I guess, in sell mode. I think I'm in sell mode here. Um, I think I can get a good something good for Devin Singletary, maybe like a wide receiver two or um, some. If I'm in need of a quarterback, I think I can get a good quarterback here. If there's someone that needs our running back help, because I, I just it's hard to predict. We have consistent uh, value from Devin Singletary down the stretch. Um, and who knows what Zach Moss's utilage is going to be. He went from not playing to being active to being used to. So, and, you know, the carries and the target volume fluctuated last year. So, and still Josh Allen's the best running back on the team. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm kind of with you. I think I'm going to sell Devin Singletary here. And that's not to say I don't want Devin Singletary on my team. It's just like you said, there's a lot of risk that comes with Devin Singletary. Like, like we went from, like you said, Zach Moss not being active to having a role in scoring a touchdown yep. in just a matter of a week. So that just shows the amount of volatility that there, that could be in a, in this backfield. He scored on a 42-yard touchdown run. You know, I could, like you said, you could take Devin Singletary. I think you package Devin Singletary mm-hmm. and you try to go upgrade like your flex spot or your RB2 spot, right? So, um, you know, maybe – you take Devin Singletary, you package him with, I don't know, a wide receiver who is playing really well right now. But you know, would you trade? Would you trade Devin Singletary and Sterling Shepard for Ezekiel Elliott or Najee Harris or yeah, Jonathan absolutely, Harris? yeah, all three, yeah, all those guys. Yeah. I would do that as well. Um, would you trade it for Joe Mixon? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's where I'm at too. So, um I, I like the I like that prospect of potentially being able to move on from Devin Singletary and selling high cuz again, this this is as good as it it's going to get. I think this is his ceiling here. He's not going to be this 90% opportunity share guy. I think 70% is the ceiling and if you could you know, get max value here, I think that'd be nice. Mhm. Um Let's move on to the wide receiver position. And the first guy I'm going to talk about is Got Marquise to. Hollywood Brown. I don't know who you thought I was talking about. I was going to say Brandon Ayuk, but. Oh, yeah. We're, no, we were definitely going to talk about <laughs> But uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown, right? Last eight games, he's he's got over 1,000 yards, 74 catches, 16 touchdowns pace. Of, that's the 16. Sorry. That is the 16-game pace of his last eight games. Has played well. What are you doing with Hollywood? Oh, give me all of it. I'm buying. I'm holding if I have him. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the train. The, pay, the pace, you just talked about it, what he did in his last in the last season into this season. I love the target number. 
uh, 10 targets last week in this Ravens offense. Uh, that's, you know, seem like they want to throw the ball more. Uh, they got Detroit this week. Like, that's a money matchup. You just saw what Devontae did to them. You just saw what their running attack will do. They're, the Ravens offense is going to have a lot of scoring opportunities. Um, yeah, and even when Bateman comes back, I think Hollywood will still be number one to start. Um, and Bateman's kind of a stash at this point. I don't think his role would affect him. It only help him, if anything. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, he's fifth in wide receiver target share right now. He's only one of five wide receivers with more than a 30% target share sitting at 31 through two weeks. Uh, I, I'm a little – I I think I'm going to be in sell mode. I'm going to take advantage of this last week here. I got you. Detroit. I got you. Yeah, true, but true, I think true. I'm, I think I'm going to sell here with Hollywood just because we've seen Mark Andrews hasn't been very involved in the offense, and I think that that changes at some point. And we also see – you know, like you said, Bateman's coming back. And so when Bateman does return, I mean, maybe he, maybe Bateman more takes Sammy Watkins role. And so there's still opportunities True. here for Hollywood to co to, to really exist. But I, at the end of the day, I think Mark Andrews will be more involved than we might be, you know, thinking down the stretch here. So um, let's move on to the second guy, Brandon Ayuk. And you know what? <laughs> I'm going to start off with Brent. Actually, I'll let you start off because everybody's probably <laughs> expecting what I'm going to say. But I want to hear what you have to say, Greg, about Brandon Ayuk, man. This is tough, man. Yo, zero targets in game one, two targets in game two. Oh, man, like, it's rough, yo. You're, it's rough. You, you definitely started him in week one. Uh, you probably didn't start him in week two. So, But still, you, you drafted him as to be a potential wide receiver one for the team. So that slot has been pretty empty and weak at on those teams you have him. Um I'm I feel like I would just only option is to hold because you're what are you selling him for? Like no one's trying to buy Brendan Ayuk except John Jr. So like you know like uh that's I feel like if John unless John Drew's in your league, you you can sell. But other than that, you're holding. <laughs> yeah, I mean look, at the end of the day, the person who is rostering Brandon Ayuk should not try to sell Brandon Ayuk because you're not going to get anything. Right, There's right. We never sell low. No, nah, we don't sell low here. But you can't <laughs> drop Brandon Ayuk because if you drop Brandon Ayuk, there's people like me and Greg who will be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I, you know, let me just – I got yeah. an extra best spot. Let me just Word. pick up Ayuk, right? So you got to hold Ayuk. But I will say if you can – here's my here's my thing. Uh, context matters. I say it all the time. Context matters. But he was out for 10 days with a hamstring injury mm-hmm. prior to prior to week one. Under any circumstance, I would expect a player that's missing 10 days with a hamstring to have, you know, a slow ramp up period. So week one, you know, when they said he was a full participant, I was like, all right, well, you know, I'll put him in my lineup, everything, right? Only plays a limited number of snaps. The following week, he ends up starting – he ends up playing more snaps than the week before, yep. and he saw two targets, which he didn't see any of that the, the prior week. So that yep. tells me this is a player that's getting worked into the offense some more. And yep. so I wouldn't be surprised if against Green Bay here that we see a more involved Brandon Ayuk. There's one thing to note, though. Debo Samuel has basically established himself as the number one wide receiver. So you're not even getting the Brandon Ayuk that – we envisioned we were getting when we spent the draft capital to gra- draft capital to go get him. So I would take I would keep that in mind. Like Greg said, you did not start him week two, week one. Obviously, we know what happened. 
But at the end of the day, you you hold him. I'm sure you've addressed your wide receiver position since then. And at worst, he'll become a wide receiver three flex option for you down the line. I think he does get to the wide receiver two territory, though, that we envisioned. Just give it some time. I know we don't have a whole lot of time, but he's definitely, <laughs> word, he's, definitely he's definitely a hold for me, man. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I like the the trend point. If you see another positive trend here, that's all we can ask for at this point. Um, and that just uh, bodes well for down the stretch and hope maybe you know playoff time when you need wins. That that was that's always nice. Yeah, definitely. Like and like Hollywood of last year, basically. Seriously, <laughs> and, but that's the thing is right. Like if after week one we saw the same involvement or maybe less involvement in the offense, I would be concerned. But the fact that he's getting more playing time, that just, mm-hmm. you know, that combined with the, the things that people were saying about the professionalism and, and how he needs to learn to be a pro. I think that's just tied to the hamstring. You know, I think that's got to be tied to him, maybe not taking care of his body or doing the necessary treatment. And Kyle Shanahan is maybe he's in the doghouse for that reason, because this is a good player. This is a guy Kyle Shanahan coveted with the, he, he wanted to take him with a 13th pick in the draft two years ago ended up taking him at 30. So, you know, they really like this player. So I don't think that he's going to be someone, you know, this isn't Dante Pettis style here. It's not, I don't think that's in line here for, for Brandon. Ayuk. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about another wide receiver, man. Somebody who is killing it right now. The wide receiver two, Woo. Tyler yeah, Lockett. Oh man. Oh, he's got a 30% target share through two weeks tied with his teammate, DK Metcalf, who is not the wide receiver to DK Metcalf is more like the wide receiver 33. Or is Tyler Lockett a buy or sell or a hold for you? I mean, last two straight years, over a thousand yards. He's probably going to get that again this year. Um, I'm with having some like juice on your team if you really if you really need it. Um, so I'm with buying him. Um, cause the only negative is we know there's gonna be that part where he's gonna have two or three consecutive weeks of just like not even being existent in in fantasy. Uh, that usually happens every year. But I do like the overall numbers for him, and I think that's pop that that's a wide receiver too, and I want that on my team, so I'm buying him. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to buy because you're going to have to pay, like, an all-time premium. But maybe, like, yeah, you can sure. get this, the built-in discount of, like, hey, man, well, you know he's going to fade at some point. Yeah, at right? some point like, he's going to fade out, yeah. Um, <laughs> But I think he's he's totally a he's totally a hole. I can't – if I have Tyler Lockett and I had Tyler Lockett last year and I, I experienced this, you can't – it's very hard to sell Tyler Lockett because he has weak winning weeks. Like, yep. Like, like you, yeah, you need that. He's – these are weak winning weeks here from Tyler Lockett, and but any at any moment at any moment it could flip to DK Metcalf, right? They're both seeing thirty percent thirty percent of the team targets. It's just coming down. The difference is coming down to touchdowns, right? Tyler Lockett has caught twelve of sixteen targets. DK Metcalf has caught ten. Oh, sorry, ten of sixteen targets. So I mean, Tyler Lockett has the higher catch percentage. But he's also got the more touchdowns here as well. So um, at any moment, it could flip here 
in DK DK Metcalf's favor. So maybe off of this, I might be buying DK Metcalf. Mm, yeah, actually, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm a, think I'm a flip that. I'm on a sell mode. Looking back at his 2020 year, like he just flopped, just died towards the end of the year. Like I don't know if I want that come playoff time. So I think if I could get a really good offer for like a, I don't know. A wide receiver one cd lamb type or something like that i would go for it right like if you could get cd lamb and maybe package a running back with it um would you do tyler lockett for cd lamb and a, a, like elijah mitchell yes or would you aim, you would yeah. you aim higher at running back i even go get like trey tyler lockett for rb1 and like rondo moore or something like that <laughs> like Zeke and Rondell Moore or JT and Rondell Moore. Yeah, yeah, I think I would. Do I think that. I would do that too because at the end of the year, right? You probably, I mean, Rondell Moore is not going to see thirty percent of the team targets, but Arizona throws the ball more than Seattle does. Yeah, Rondell Moore is already seeing twenty percent of the team targets in Arizona as a rookie and through two weeks. Uh, I think you're. I think you might be onto something, Greg. I think that you could probably flip Tyler Lockett. Go get yourself a running back and like Rondo Moore. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you probably will be happy for it. And you could probably yeah. even sneak something else out of it, right? Like if you have Devin Singletary and Tyler Lockett or one of these other running backs and Tyler, like Mike That's Davis, true. Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Right. Like I can go get Rondo Moore, Jonathan Taylor, and maybe like, you know, I don't know. James White. Corey like Davis. That. Corey Davis. Or James Ward. White. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, man, let's move on to the tight end position. Rob Gronkowski, man. Is he a buy, a sell, or a hold? Oh, tight end uh, two, two weeks. He has four touchdowns. Yep. 13 targets. He's got four touchdowns on 13 targets. It's like basically 25% of his catches are touchdowns right now. Crazy. Buy, sell, hold. I mean, his price is probably very high right now, so I don't know if I, I'm not really in, not trying to buy a tight end, not name like Darren Waller or like um, you know, Travis Kelsey. So I don't think I would be buying any tight end unless I desperately needed one. Um, but I'm definitely holding. Yeah, I'm a hold Gronk. I yeah. will add though, I might. By TJ Hawkins. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot. TJ Hawkins. I, I think I would buy TJ Hawkins. I would pay that price. <laughs> I would pay what would pay it takes to get Hawk on my team. That man. Man is a, that man is a solid rock horse. Like, he is steady. He's getting tar- He's he's going to get a lot of touchdowns this year. He's going to get a lot of touchdowns this year. I mean, he's second, second to only to TJ, to Darren Waller at the position in targets per game. Uh, Travis Kelsey has is third actually of these guys with 15. TJ Hawkinson has 19. He's caught 16 of them. Has two touchdowns. I mean, Hawk is looking like like the man here in Detroit. Absolutely. Um, let's uh let's talk about another guy, Kyle Pitts. Is he a buy, a sell, or a hold? There, he's you know the rookie tight end is currently the tight end eight. Uh, you know, people are, you know, he was drafted as the, as high as I've seen as the number three tight end. I've seen as low as the uh, number five. I mean, I've seen him later than that, but still 
he was in that three to five range. What are you doing with Hawk there? Or not Hawk, Pitts? Um, I'm holding. Uh, I think his price is probably a little lower now right now. So if you uh, want to upgrade at tight end, I think he'd be a nice one to, to upgrade to. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. I um, think we're just he's going to develop more into this offense that uh, Atlanta's going to be in, in some scoring opportunities. Um because they'll be playing from behind because Atlanta's defense is not good at all. Uh, yeah, I like I like getting upgrading to him because it's not as expensive right now. So he's a buy for you then? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Kyle Pitts is 100% a buy for me. Um, you know, he's he's a rookie playing tight end. Um, he's only going to get better. Uh, Russell Gage is, is out for the next few weeks with an ankle injury. That's more targets available to Kyle Pitts here. He's going to be involved. He was the fourth pick in the draft. I mean, the list goes on and on of reasons to to want Kyle, you know, for Kyle Pitts to be productive this year. And he's currently the tight end eight. All right, he's averaging nine PPR yeah. points a game. Yeah. I mean, that's not terrible. No, uh, obviously no. it's not what you may have wanted. But rookies just rookies do this, right? They get better, and they especially those talented ones that are getting playing time early, they get better faster than, you know, the rest than their than their other rookies that are that are not seeing that playing time early. So Kyle Pitts is going to continue to get better week by week almost. Um so yeah, I, I'm I'm all about buying Kyle Pitts. But let's talk about some of these these high priced guys uh, that are underperforming here. George Kittle and Mark Andrews, two guys. George Kittle was probably, you know, in that three to five range, as was Mark Andrews. Uh, what are you doing with either one of these guys, man? Are you like, let's just tackle both of them at the same time. Although uh, that would be very hard to do since they're both large men and I wouldn't want to tackle either one yeah, of them. No, neither one of them, not single handedly. Yep, no, definitely not. But as far as what I would do with them, if I'm the manager of Mark Andrews, I'm not as worried. I've seen Mark Andrews start slow. You know, before, um, you know, I think he'll he'll rev up and be and be fine. Um, George Kittle uh, is a little, I guess, a little more concerning because they're definitely a, a they're both run heavy teams. Um, but Kittle, I think you would try probably drafting him with way more expectation because he was taking him as a, a top three option. Uh, as far as Andrews, he's always underrated. So because you know what his, his numbers are up and down. Uh, so, yeah, I think I would hold both of them. Um, I'm, again, not buying Kittle, not at that high price. I think he still is probably pretty viable. The manager would think he, because of his draft capital, uh, I'd be more likely to buy Mark Andrews. Um, but as far as if I was a manager, both of them holding. Yeah, I mean, they're both tough, right? I mean, Mark Andrews has 10 targets through two games. George Kittle has nine. Uh, that part is the discouraging part to me. Uh, I think I think if I had to choose one to buy rest of season or to, that I would want on my team rest of season based on what I've seen through two weeks. Now, again, two weeks is a very small sample size. I think I want Mark Andrews because I think that this past game has to get to a point where Mark Andrews has to be involved. Like mm-hmm. 
this this year can't go by a whole year where it's like, oh, Mark Andrews was not really that involved in the Ravens offense. Like, I don't think that's possible. Or I think George Kittle could not be involved in this offense just because, you know, how of how often uh, or, you know, we've seen so many receivers involved in this offense. None of them named Brandon Ayuk, by the way, but Debo Samuel, Trent Sherfield, Muhammad Sanu, uh, Jawan Johnson, Jawan Jennings, um, where George Kittle just hasn't been getting those touches that we're maybe used to him to, to used to seeing him get. Uh, and I don't know what what it is. I don't know why, but uh, I think, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I think I want Mark Andrews rest of season. Yeah, and then you probably have, you'll give up have to give up more. Sorry to get Kittle. Um, so I'm with getting the better value there. Um, yeah, the 49ers they don't need they can pick people off the street with the offense. Like they are just a, a well-oiled machine. Um, they're able to you know get it done. Uh, with with whoever, so they don't actually need Kittle to to win games. Yeah, that's the other part to it as well. Um, all right, man. I think we've spent a lot of time doing these buy lows, sell highs, buy hold sells. Yes, sir. Uh, but you know, we'll definitely come up with some more games as we go go throughout the year. Uh, obviously, as long as time permits. But with all that being said, Greg. Um, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for, uh, vibing with us. Appreciate y'all for that. And just make sure you stay subscribed. Make sure you stay, uh, following the YouTube channel, subscribe to Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, wherever it is you may be listening. And also make sure that you're following the show at FF diagnostics on all social media platforms. Also make sure you're following Greg at we underscore made it on Instagram at gmoney underscore truth on twitter make sure you're following me at jr football nerd on all social media for platforms have a good one everybody and we are out of here we out